Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. Ladies and gents, welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. A whole lot to talk about on this episode. Lamar Jackson finally gets over the hump. And yes, what defines UCLA football, according to Chip Kelly? Also, is Derek Fisher still good for LA Sparks basketball moving forward? We'll get into the NFL, Rams, Chargers, and, of course, the Emmys were on Sunday night. Hmm, wonder what that's about. Is it in Technicolor? We'll find all that out and more coming up here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Now, what I need you to do first and foremost is follow me on Instagram at NickHamiltonLA and follow me on Twitter at NickHamilton213. Check all your latest going on in the world of sports, pop culture, entertainment, and tech. Make sure you check me out and subscribe at www.youtube.com slash TV. Now, they say timing is everything. And now, I'm not one to think that timing is essentially everything. I think timing has something to do with certain things, but it's also about effort. It's also about willpower, and it's also about the power of choice. And whatever you do with those things will enable you to probably be successful more than likely than not. According to Lamar Jackson... <clears throat> who his nemesis has been Pat Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs, as we witnessed on Sunday night, Lamar Jackson was determined to get over the hump. Even Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, John Harbaugh, I always get him confused. John Harbaugh, his head coach, asked Lamar Jackson from the sidelines, do you want to go for it? Now, I don't know how many coaches did you know, but I, I have rarely seen a coach ask their quarterback, do you want to go for this particular down? And continue to keep the chains moving forward because it is a risky dice rolling type of move and it definitely paid off dividends for the baltimore ravens now the baltimore ravens have pretty much been owned by the kansas city chiefs and pat mahomes for several seasons now however <clears throat> with the kansas city chiefs leading the way primarily majority of the game lamar jackson decided to use his legs as well as his arm to get over the hump he rushed for 107 yards, scored twice, including flipping into the end zone, which was in a, on an incredible play that actually won the game for the Baltimore Ravens. Jackson had been 0-3 all-time against the Kansas City Chiefs. So this was a huge momentum shift as it pertains to moving forward for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, is timing everything? Again, I don't know. But timing was right for the Baltimore Ravens because – when you look at Lamar Jackson, and I've always said Lamar Jackson is going to steady, steady improve each and every season. A lot, a lot had to do with people saying, oh, he can't throw in the pocket. Oh, he can't throw the football effectively. Well, look how much Lamar Jackson lost this season. Lamar Jackson lost so much this season when it comes to on defense, on offense, to the point where he damn near had no running backs. Where the hell was his running game besides Lamar Jackson? I mean, he was basically on that Bugs Bunny type play. 
He was pitching. He was throwing. He was hitting. He was catching. He was doing everything. Basically, basically Lamar, Lamar Jackson was a looney tune. At least that's what people act like he was supposed to be. Well, Lamar Jackson is a bona fide quarterback. Now, he's not an agent. And I'll get into that later on because I have another I have another bone to pick with him about him not having an agent being too damn cheap to get an agent. Uh, but I guarantee you he has a housekeeper. And I guess, and if he has grass, I guarantee you he has a person that maintains his lawn because he don't get out there and cut his own damn lawn. But anyway, I digress. Lamar Jackson finished 18 to 26 with 239 yards. Now he had two costly interceptions, but he did throw for an INT, finished with a QBR of 59.1. Lamar Jackson is a special talent. We haven't seen that type of talent. I think the closest thing we've seen that type of talent was Michael Vick during the whole Michael Vick experience era. And I do believe that Lamar Jackson is a bit more polished and more talented than Michael Vick. And he's proven thus far this season that he can throw in the pocket, he can throw on the run and be accurate, even without significant running backs that he's accustomed to. So is timing everything? No. But it's time for the people to start recognizing Lamar Jackson is a is a bona fide quarterback and start putting some more respect on his name. Because let me tell you something. Yes, he was an MVP one year, but that's not all he is. And if he gets the right pieces in place, and they actually put him on a team that is competitive, Lamar Jackson will be a Super Bowl champion at some point. Now, I don't know if that means he still stays with Baltimore, or maybe he needs to move on to another team that's a, that's a, that is a possible contender that is a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl moving forward. I don't know. But I tell you what, Pat Mahomes is a special player. But Lamar Jackson, that could, pot- could potentially be a generational type player at the quarterback position. Speaking of positions, goodness gracious, what a difference a week makes when it comes to the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, the Los Angeles Chargers opened up their homestand for the first time in the 2021 season to fans at SoFi Stadium. Now, I was there against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we know the Dallas Cowboys had come off of a very close uh, needle threads of a chance of beating the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a Thursday night but just came up shorter than a midget at a urinal when it came to getting a win against the Bucks and Tom Brady. Now, the Dallas Cowboys traveled. We all know Cowboy fans are deep out here in these football streets in Los Angeles. They travel well, but there's a lot of Cowboy fans in L.A. Probably as many Raider fans, as I'll say the equation would probably be Raider fans and Cowboy fans and then Rams fans. I would probably say those three fans are pretty deep out here in Los Angeles. There's some Charger fans in there. Their fan base is growing. I don't want to take anything away from their fan base as well, but it ain't as deep as the Cowboys, Raiders, and Rams. And if you look, if you can see the face of my engineer extraordinaire and producer, Jake Warner, big brother Jake, he is not pleased with what I have to say. But you know me, ladies and gentlemen. When I give a damn, you'll be the first to know. And I don't say this to be mean to my man, my man Jake Warner, because he's a great dude. He's a great guy. It's not his fault he's a Chargers fan. But hey, that's what happens sometimes in life. You pick you pick teams that may be on the cusp of something, may not be. I don't know. But I still love him anyway. That's my brother. So the Chargers, so when you come in, when you come into SoFi, right? First of all, it took me this time, it took me about 15 minutes to get into SoFi. And listen, that was a Cowboys home game. It was about 60, 40 Cowboy fans in SoFi Stadium. And, 
you know, the char- the Chargers had cut, just come off of a win against the Washington football team, a quality win, I might add, against the Washington football team and in the fourth quarter. And as we as we played last week on this show, Brandon Staley talked about this team being a fourth quarter type of team, which they they displayed. However, last I checked, football is 60 minutes. That commands four quarters, not fourth quarter, four quarters. And Dak, Dak Prescott, who everybody doubted and wondered how he was going to come off the shoulder injury, off the broken ankle, and damn it, he has yet to disappoint because he jumped out to an early 14-3 lead in the first quarter. The Chargers battled back, got a two-point conversion, trailed by three at the half, came out in the second half and just dropped penalty after penalty. I mean, it was so many yellow flags out there. I thought, damn it, it was the caution symbol at NASCAR. I didn't realize how many damn napkins can be dropped on the field all at once. Now, some of the penalties were, were questionable, especially when there was a neutral zone infraction penalty. And then I believe the next penalty, there was a, a illegal motion penalty that was very costly to the Chargers uh, that still hadn't been explained at the time that we had spoke to Brandon Staley about what happened and how that, how, how that was able to be called like that. Um, but the Chargers just pretty much stuck their, you know, shot their own selves in the foot. I mean, Justin Herbert didn't have the greatest game as we were accustomed to seeing. And we've seen that last season. There were a couple games where Justin Herbert didn't have a great game, but he was able to bounce back. And I do believe this week coming up against the AFC showdown, Kansas city chiefs, he will be bouncing back. Now, would that translate into a win? We don't know, but in, in this game, the chargers shot themselves in the foot. They were not effective. Um, the only person that really, really made noise was Mike Williams. Mike Williams was their go-to. Mike Williams, I mean, they, they the, the the Cowboys stuffed the box. The run was not effective. But let me tell you something. For the Dallas Cowboys, we talk about Zeke, and Zeke was okay. But Pollard is the guy. Pollard is the man that needs to continue to, pr- to punch the ball down the field, run the middle, get out and, and get out in the open on jet sweeps or what have you. Pollard was the guy that gave the Chargers fits all afternoon. And of course, it comes down to a Greg Zerline, Legatron, field goal from 56 yards to ice and win the game. Of course, the Chargers would lose in the fourth quarter once again. Which is very disappointing because this is this is a pretty talented Chargers team. And you know, a lot of guys, obviously the guys were disappointed after the fact, um, which they should be. And I think there's going to be an intense week of practice coming up for the Los Angeles Chargers because Brandon Studley was not happy at all. Matter of fact, he got a little testy with some of us in the media, which was quite funny. Because anytime I find a coach, anytime a coach gets testy like that, I find it hilarious. Because it's like, dude, we ain't out here playing for you. You focusing that energy on the wrong folks. We just doing our job and asking the questions. Problem is, maybe you didn't do your job effective enough. Because it would have resulted in a W. I mean, it was, what, 20 penalties in the game? And you guys were responsible for 11 to 12 of those penalties? No, you're not going to win a game like that. And Brandon Stanley admitted that. I will give him credit. He admitted that, look, penalties cost us the game. Which he's absolutely right. They did. 
and that's something they're going to have to definitely clean up. There was a lot of mental mistakes out there. It was almost like they, they became unglued in the second half. It seemed like they built momentum in the second quarter, got close within three at halftime, got the ball back, and it seemed like it just kept stalling, especially in the red zone. And that's been a problem for them in the last two games now is them, uh, the ability to not be able to convert in the red zone. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I tell you what, the Los Angeles Rams made sure they, they were steadfast in getting a win because the Rams had a tough time against Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think they expected the Colts to come out this fiery and this determined and this strong at, at Lucas Oil Stadium. And Matthew Stafford didn't look that great in the first half either. My man threw picks. He did not look like the Matthew Stafford at SoFi Stadium against the Chicago Bears. Even though the Chicago Bears are a JV team, at least the ones that they played in week one. They were a Division Three team. But let me tell you something. Indianapolis Colts defense got up, up, got up in that ass in a real way. But the resilience of the Rams, and this is what I'm saying, the difference between coaching and mental mistakes is the fact that the Rams did not fold. Even when they trailed in the second half, they did not fold. They continued to, to ride the train. They rolled Cooper Cup, who was the MVP of the game. Nine receptions, 163 yards, two touchdowns. He was truly the MVP of the game. The, if you had another MVP of the game, Jalen Ramsey. Because once Carson Wentz got popped and knocked out of the game permanently in, in the fourth quarter, midway in the fourth quarter, and they brought the rookie in, Jalen Ramsey was waiting right there like, oh, thanks for the gift, partner. Welcome to the NFL. And started waving, literally waving at people saying, it's been lovely. It's, it's, it's some lovely partying gifts for you, but the game is over. Bye-bye now. See you next week. And Jalen Ramsey sealed the game for the Rams. But I give Rams a lot of credit. They fought. They hung tough. They didn't allow mental mistakes and mental errors to usurp their better judgment. And this is why they are 2-0 for the fourth consecutive season under Sean McVay. And this is a, this is a legit Rams team. They got a tough test coming up next week at SoFi against the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks, a team that they beat last season in Tampa on Monday night with Jared Goff. Now you have an upgraded quarterback at Matthew Stafford. So there's really no excuse with you being at home not to beat Tampa Bay and Tom Brady at, at SoFi Stadium. This is, a, this is a quality win that you can get in week three. If you can get this win, this is a Super Bowl contending team as far as I'm concerned. So when you look at the Los Angeles Rams, everybody wants to count the Rams out. I see a lot of people talking about, oh, who are your Super Bowl picks? They're picking Green Bay. They're picking Tampa Bay. They're picking the Bay of Pigs. They're picking... The, the the bay the, the 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 bay of whoever they picking all these bays but let me tell you something baby the la rams are for real and as long as they stay healthy we'll still get an update on daryl henderson though i know who left the game and sonny michelle sonny michelle ate on sunday sonny michelle came in like he had been there for years he came in there and ate so hopefully Daryl Henderson won't have won't be out for a long period of time because they're definitely going to need him along with Sonny Michelle and Jake Funk. But the Rams are legit. And I'm still going to book, I'm still going to pin him in for the Super Bowl in Los Angeles in February of 2022. And my pick is still going to be the Rams against the Chiefs in Super Bowl 56. 
because I do believe that the Rams can get it done. Am I a fan? No, I'm not a fan of any team. So don't start that BS about, oh, he's a homer because he covers the Rams. I'm not a homer at all. I'm just a realist. I'm a reporter. I cover the Rams. I cover the Chargers. That's what I do. Win, lose, or draw, I still do what I got to do to get stuff done. But I know what I see. And the Los Angeles Rams are a team that is for real. And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to admit that I'm wrong. But I love the coaching staff. I like the way this team is coached. I like the way this team plays. And this is a team that controls their own destiny. All right, y'all, coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into Chip Kelly and UCLA, as well as the future of Derek Fisher and L.A. basketball when it comes to the WNBA. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked right here. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failing. 
failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. And also hit me up at Nightcast Media at N-I-T-E-C-A-S-T-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Your gateway to sports, pop culture, sports, tech, and community all rolled into one. We got you covered. All right. College football has been interesting this this past week. I mean, Alabama got a, a great scare against Florida. Nick Saban blamed it on mental lapses on defense, which I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, Georgia beat the hell out of South Carolina like they stole something, which was no surprise. Uh, Oregon, why was that even a surprise against Stone Mountain or whatever it is, Stony Brook, whatever it is, they got stoned. But the UCLA Bruins, who came, who were riding a high wave of momentum after defeating the LSU Tigers at the Rose Bowl just two weeks ago, we knew coming into this, many of us in the media knew coming into this, was this could potentially be a trap game for the UCLA Bruins because they had a week off in between, which I don't understand the scheduling. To me, that's mind-boggling. They should have been able to play the following week and keep that momentum going. Um, I happened to be there on Saturday to, to witness Fresno State. And let me tell you something, Fresno State traveled as well. Down to 99 to Interstate 5, all the way up into the Rose Bowl, they traveled pretty well. And if you go look, Shout out to Bleacher Report also for reposting my video of at the end when the Fresno State football team embraced their fans at the end in one of the end zones at the Rose Bowl. And when you look at that team, that Fresno State team was a good team. Like I know a lot of UCLA fans were pissed off. They were disappointed how UCLA could just lose that game. And but you got to give credit where credit is due. Fresno State is a good team. I mean, they pushed Oregon to the brink in the late, in the, almost midway to the fourth quarter and almost upset Oregon. Fresno State is not a pushover. They may be in a Mountain West conference, I believe that's what they're in. But th- just because they're in a smaller conference doesn't mean that they're punks and they're just going to roll over to a bigger division opponent that comes from the Pac-12 or any, any one of these Power 5 schools. Fresno State is a legit football team. They're a good football team. And Jake Hayner, my God, props to him. Because with a busted hip, my man had a patch over his eye. I mean, everything you could think of, my man got dope, d- dirt thrown at him. With all, every every obstacle that you could think of, that man endured. And he still he was able to go out there and throw the football 
and execute plays effectively to get the win. The main reason why the UCLA Bruins lost that game, one, mental, mental lapse in judgment, two, penalties, and three, bad clock management, especially in the fourth quarter. When you have the ball with that much time on the clock and you're in a rhythm, you slow the game down. You are not fighting against the clock. You are, fight, you are fighting with the clock. Because if you leave too much time on the clock, which the UCLA Bruins did for the Fresno State Bulldogs, that is what happens when you leave too much time on the clock. The other team gets the opportunity to score. Did you think Jake was just going to fall back and just be timid and not throw the football? Of course not. If that dude had to be carried down the field through each down, that's exactly what was going to happen. Because that dude, we talk about Mamba mentality, that dude executed the Mamba mentality. Come hella high water, he was determined to win that game. Even though it was about a minute or so left or less left in the game. Bad clock management by the UCLA Bruins. Left too much time on the clock. Fresno State executed. Uh, they left about 13 seconds on the clock. Not enough time for UCLA to get down the field and, and score and win the game. Chip Kelly was asked, how does, this get, how does that loss define you or does that loss define you? And what the hell happened to the momentum? And here's what he had to say. Hey, Coach, what did, what did uh, Fresno State do to uh, counter your usual pressure on the quarterback? I, momentum that you had built. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're not the momentum guys, you know, and, and it's, it, it doesn't work that way. If it was momentum, we would have won this game tonight. So it's not momentum. It's about going to work on Monday and having a really good week of preparation as we get into league play and, um, you know, not letting this game define us. Just like we shouldn't have let the first two games define us, that's not what we're about. Um, but I thought our guys had a really good approach to practice this week. Um, they knew how good Fresno was, you know, and I've said it all the time. You just put the tape on. You know, this team was uh, really, really close to playing Oregon, so we, we knew what we, we we knew what this group was. Um, but we didn't make enough plays today to win the football game. Okay, Chip. So doesn't define you, and the other two games don't define you. Then what the hell defines you? Last I checked, wins define programs. Am I wrong in that? So what defines this team? Don't overlook the obvious. You had poor clock management. Now, we could talk about the, the mental lapses in judgment. We could talk about the penalties. But the one thing that was not talked about was clock management, which you displayed in your coaching and your coaching staff in the, in the heat of the battle late in the fourth quarter. Now, you want to talk about... The, the, the errors in judgment and the penalties, fine. But also cap, also make sure you look at the film for clock management. Because if you would have executed properly, you would have won that game. DTR didn't have the best game in the world like we saw him go up against the LSU Tigers. But damn it, you could have won that game. So don't overlook, don't be so quick to overlook the obvious. What defines you in this program is signature wins which you had one against LSU. Now they got to go up to Stanford for the first time in Pac-12 play and play the Stanford Cardinal on the farm. Then they come back, I believe, and they face the Oregon Ducks at the Rose Bowl. So you got two tough tests coming up in the next two weeks that are going to truly define who UCLA is. Are they a, are they a contender or a pretender?
Those two games will definitely define who you are. I don't care what Chip Kelly says. He can say that and it sounds nice, but we all know the truth. Are you a contender or pretender? The next two weeks will define exactly who in your football team is as far as identity is concerned. Speaking of pretenders, in the WNBA, the playoffs are set. The Los Angeles Sparks, who have been crawling and scratching their way and trying to get to that eighth seed in the playoffs, unfortunately came up short and couldn't sniff the draws of the playoffs once again this year. For only the fifth time in team history, they have missed the playoffs since 1996 or 97 when they started in the WNBA. Which, when you look at it from afar, is not really a bad record to have when you think about 25 years in the league and only five times, you only five years you've missed the playoffs. Pretty remarkable stat. But lately, if you look at what head coach and now general manager Derek Fisher have been able to accomplish, it's been squat. Because, as I said before, when Penny Toler was the general manager before she was fired the following year, I don't understand why they hired Derek Fisher in the first place. Now, mind you, I don't have a problem personally with Derek Fisher. I think Derek Fisher's a nice guy. I'm not saying he doesn't have a basketball IQ because I think he does. But that does not equate to what he does on the sidelines in the women's game in the WNBA and how he's been clashing with players ever since he arrived at the L.A. Sparks. You know, we all know we all about the noted rivalry or battle between him and Candace Parker. We know about other players that have tried to tell him in his first year how the women's game is coached because the women's game is coached differently than what he's accustomed to in the NBA when he was with the New York Knicks, which he didn't do a great hell of a job with, by the way, I might add. So now there was a rift between your superstar player and your head coach. Then as a Sparks organization, you have the audacity to give him the general manager title. So let me ask you this question. If a player has a problem with the coach, who do they turn to? Normally it's the general manager or somebody in upper management. So you think Derek Fisher, the GM, is different than Derek Fisher, the head coach. What do they do that at? Let me know. I'll wait. Because that sounds like something that goes ass backwards. Because let me tell you something. The Sparks as an organization have been a very interesting organization. Now, they got three championships in their organization tenure. They've hung up jerseys. They retired the jerseys. One of the greatest WNBA players to me that has ever played the game outside of Cynthia Cooper, Tina Thompson, and Cheryl Swoops, named Lisa Leslie, who I call Lisa Legend, who I think the league logo should be modeled after is Lisa Legend. But that's just my opinion. First woman to dunk in a game, in a WNBA game, two WNBA championships. I mean, the list goes on. You Olympic gold medalist, the list goes on. They retired her jersey and they retired Penny Toller's jersey, right? Which understandable, we get that. Then you had a phenom named Candace Parker that you drafted in 2008. Got you the two WNBA finals, one WNBA championship, and you let her go for nothing. Then you had a point guard in Chelsea Gray that you also let walk for nothing. 
Most people would say, you know what? We're going to do a sign and trade, at least get some type of value back in return for your departure. Not Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher let you walk. And also let Raquana Williams walk and didn't even have the courtesy enough to give her a phone call. Guess where Raquana Williams and Chelsea Gray are now? The Las Vegas Aces, a much better ran organization from top to bottom. Better coached organization under Bill Lambeer. And where are they? The number two seed in the WNBA playoffs. Getting a double bye. Where's Candace Parker with the Chicago Sky? You let a superstar like that leave Los Angeles and go to the Chicago Sky for nothing. And if you don't believe that Candace Parker is the engine that runs the Chicago Sky, ask, ask the Chicago Sky what happened when they went 0-7 when she was out for those seven games due to injury. Where are the Chicago Sky now in the sixth seed heading to the playoffs? Hmm. Where are the Los Angeles Sparks at, at home on the couch picking their toenails watching the playoffs? And no disrespect to Neko Gumake, Erica Wheeler, Tia Cooper. No disrespect to those ladies because I think they, they played extremely hard. They just have bad coaching. And Derek Fisher is not the future for this Los Angeles Sparks franchise. If, you, if you're talking about trying to win a championship, that's BS. Because you're not going to win squat. Neka Gumake is a very talented, incredible, sound basketball mind player. I think she's going to rack up some individual awards moving forward, but championships are long are more out of the realm of reality than not. Neka Gumake is not a person, is, is not a, a player, I should say, that you build with, you, I mean, excuse me, build around, you build with her, which means she's a great number two, but you need an alpha player to pair her alongside with in order to and build and build some people around them as far as complementary pieces to build a championship as type of team. Much like how we saw when they had a quote big three when it was NECA, Candace Parker, and Chelsea Gray. That was a big three. And then you put complementary pieces around them. NECA is a perfect number two, much like how Powell Gasol was a great number two with the late great Kobe Bryant. They tried to make Pau Gasol number one in Memphis, and where did that take them? Absolutely nowhere. Even though Pau Gasol racked up individual accolades at times as far as points and being the guy guy, but it didn't equate to anything because San Antonio kept kicking their ass every freaking year when it came to the playoffs. So Pau Gasol never saw the light of day when it came to going deep into the playoffs until he reached the Los Angeles Lakers via trade for Kwame Brown and his brother at that, his, his younger brother at the time, Marcus Gasol. Once he got next to Kobe Bryant, it was a perfect number two, much like how we saw Scottie Pippen be perfect to Michael Jordan. They went on to win championships and be visible in the NBA Finals. And don't give me this Jewel Lloyd nonsense like I've seen some people say, oh, Jewel Lloyd to Los Angeles. Why would you do that to that young lady? Don't disrespect the gold mamba like that and subject her to the coaching styles of Derek Fisher. Are you kidding me? Who the hell says she wants to leave Seattle in the first place? And if she did want to leave Seattle, why the hell would she want to come to Los Angeles? If any place, she'd go to Chicago to the sky and link up with Candace Parker and Courtney Vandersloot and Diamond DeShields. At least you got a winning, you got a, some type of winning culture going on with that because Candace is an alpha. Jewel Lloyd is an alpha. And as I heard from Kelsey Plum from the Las Vegas Aces that said, hey, we got a bunch of alphas on this team and you see where that's getting them. They're in the playoffs and potentially could be in the WNBA finals, possibly against the Connecticut Sun and may be able to beat the Connecticut Sun and win their first ever title with Asia Wilson and company. So having a bunch of alphas ain't the, ain't the worst thing in the world. 
But I want to know from Derek Fisher what he thought of his season as GM if, G, if he was to be grading the GM Derek Fisher were, were to grade head coach Derek Fisher. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, we'll need some time, I guess, to, you know, review the season, um, you know, have the appropriate conversations as a, as a staff, um, you know, and then go from there. I mean, I don't know if rating anything or anybody really, you know, um, you know, matters at this point. Um, you know, I think we'll, we all just recognize that we have to come back and be better, um, you know, individually and collectively. And, you know, that's, that's where our focus is going to be. Um, appreciate our players effort, you know, um, you know, here this evening, uh, had a chance in the hostile environment against a, uh, a good playoff team and, um, you know, had an opportunity late in the game to, to maybe have a chance. So, um, yeah, the rating thing, I, you know, that, that's, I guess, your guys' job. I don't really approach um, what I try to do from, from that perspective. But, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll learn from this and we'll be better moving forward. And that question came from Chris Camello of Nightcast Media, who asked Derek Fisher what he thought. And as, of course, is the answer which I thought he would say. Because he knows, and deep down in his heart, whether he wants to admit it or not, he felt the level of expectation. He knows it. Because you could easily give yourself a great if hey, I guarantee you, if he made the playoffs, he probably gave himself an A minus to a B. Just for making the A C. If he if they would have won that game on Sunday against the Dallas Wings. You had one job. Get your team to the playoffs. And yes, you suffered through injury. Yes, NECA, your star player, was injured for a good portion of the time. Absolutely. But you know what? Everybody suffered injuries. Again, as I mentioned earlier, the Chicago Sky lost Candace Parker for seven games. Okay? They went 0-7 on that trip. Lost to the L.A. Sparks, by the way, when they, when they came out here on a West Coast road trip. But guess what? They managed to be in the sixth seed in the playoffs. Okay. The Phoenix Mercury at times lost Diana Tarazi, their superstar player. One of the goats of the WNBA. Where are the Phoenix Mercury? In the fifth seed in the playoffs. So don't give me this cockamamie nonsense about excuses about injury. Injuries, unfortunately, happen to the best of them. And it's unfortunate because I love Nekagumake's play. I love the way she plays. She plays hard night in and night out. And it sucked that she had to suffer through injury along with her sister, Chinette. But you know what? The beat goes on. And for Derek Fisher, if if you're a quality organization and the championship organization that you claim to be, then removing Derek Fisher and getting a real deal head coach that knows how to coach the women's game and can connect and speak the language of the women's game should be your next head coach. And hopefully it'd be a black woman. Because we definitely need more black coaches in the WNBA. And hopefully it's the right coach and with the right fit. But it starts from the organization at top all the way down. And if you don't have it together, guess what? It's going to be another failed, short, miserable type of season. And I'm not dogging the L.A. Sparks. I've covered the L.A. Sparks in my time for 10 years. My company continues to cover them. 
But I'm just going to be real with you. It's time for the Sparks to stop being a pretender and going back to being a contender. But it all starts from the top down to the coaching, down to getting quality players and having the right personnel to execute your moves to get yourselves back in contention for a championship run. All right, y'all, coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into the moment's brunch along with my milk carton all-star, and we'll get into the adventures of Big Brother Jake. All that and more on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing, you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good, good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. 
On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, I Heart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145, final segment of the show. Please follow me on, on Twitter at NickHamilton213 and also hit me up and just download and subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. Now I got to bring in my engineer extraordinaire, producer of the show, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner, his government name. What's going on, man? What's good with it, Nick? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. I'm not, not as good as you, man, with the adventures you've been having uh, this week, man, man, for sure. I've just been chilling, laying in a cut, enjoying my vacation. That's all I did. <laughs> laying in a cut like a Band-Aid. I get it. Well, I know you were at the game on Sunday, uh, Cowboys and Chargers, what? man. What was that like from a fan perspective? Because I know you went as a fan. You sat in the yeah. stands. Mm-hmm. What was the atmosphere like? Uh, what do you think that the, the, the ratio was between Cowboy fans and Chargers fans? Well, I'll definitely say that. You know, Cowboy fans travel well, as you said, and I've witnessed that from different games I've went to where the Cowboys played. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I would say you were pretty accurate in your uh, 60-40. Um, I sat in the Cowboys section. Um, I was like where the tunnel is, where the players come out, uh, the Charger players, but it was all Cowboy fans. Like Everybody sold their tickets to Cowboy fans, <laughs> and every time – like it was just crazy. Like I've never been inside uh, so far. It's a beautiful place, by the way. I've been mm-hmm. inside uh, Jerry's World, and that's a nice stadium. But damn, so far killed it. They did everything right. Food selections, I. Right, but you know, um, as a fan, I love seeing that many Charger fans there. However, as a Charger fan, I felt outnumbered. And when that game-winning field goal went through, that stadium was so loud and embarrassing. And I hate the season ticket holders and the ticket uh, distributors that sold all those tickets to them damn Cowboy fans, man. It was ridiculous. Hey, man, you know what? Money talks and you know the rest walks. Oh, I, mean, I according know. To, according to the LFL, LA NFL TV ratings for week two, the Chargers and Cowboys were the number one watched and rated uh, telecast in Los Angeles, according to oh, Fred wow. Rogan. Uh, the Rams, Colts were actually number five. The Chiefs, Ravens were number two. The Emmys were number three. Uh, then you know, hey, that's well, pretty much it. Well, I mean, Cowboy fans—they travel well, bro, and they—they they have yeah. deep roots here in California because all those seventies and eighties babies, their parents were fans of those Cowboy teams. You know that that won championships with Roger Staubach. So that passed down to generation to generation, and that's why you got all these Cowboy fans that are about my age right now. You know, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, they're all over L.A., you know, and then when all the L.A. teams left, it's like, well, I'm going I'm to go where my parents like the teams. And There so, you go. But it was it was a fun time. I enjoyed so far. I, I met up because I belong to Charger Fan Club, so I got to see people I haven't seen in a couple of years. 
And, uh, you know, I had some libations, and it was good, man. had a good time. It was a good weekend, brother. It was a good All weekend. right. All right. Well, it sounds like you got an appetite, man, and as do I, man. You ready to get on this brunch? Yeah, yeah. I need to get some of that brunch, man. Let's do this. Hit it. All right. Speaking of the Emmys, hashtag Emmys so white. <laughs> man, this is ridiculous. Many complained and reported on how the Emmys didn't have enough representation with people of color. Do they have a point or read too much into something they may not be there? That may not be there, I should say. You know what? They do have a point. Absolutely. And I, I watched the Emmys. I, I, first of all, hats off to Cedric the Entertainer for hosting his yes. hosting duties. Hosting a show of any of that of that magnitude of any kind is not easy to host. At all. So props to him. I love the fact that he did the Biz Marquee, you yes. know, represented for Biz Marquee, yes. uh, who passed away earlier this year. Um, but no actors of color won at the Emmys in 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 a, in a record year of nominations, right? Uh, for for people of color, black folks and people of color. Uh, yeah, the Emmys. Have, we we talked about the Oscars. We talk about the Emmys. The Emmys have definitely got to do better. Uh, I'm going to get more into this topic uh, for those of you that will check us check me out later on today on the opposite reaction with myself and my host Jackie Ray on uh, the Good News Radio Network. Download the Good News Radio app if you want to listen live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to get more into in depth on this topic, but for right now, I have to agree. Yeah, Emmys are so white, and that needs to change. You can't just have a black host and think that that's going to be okay and let maybe one or two black folks, including the great the great Debbie Allen, win her award. And I love the fact that Debbie Allen yes. went gangster and said, you can turn that clock off because uh, I'm not stopping. That's I'm going right. to keep on going. I'm going to live my moment because this is my moment. And it absolutely <laughs> was her moment. So props to Miss Debbie Allen, who's done a phenomenal job just in front of the camera, behind the camera, yes. what she does in the community with the Debbie Allen Dance Theater. You know, I have so much love for Miss Debbie Allen. Uh, listen, she is the queen of queens, along with her great, her sister, the great Felicia Rashad. Yes. Um, those two ladies are, are remarkable women in, in the world of film and, and entertainment. And other than that, yeah, Emmys are so white. It, it, it's sad to see, especially with all those nominations, man. It, it, yeah. It's like they, they want a rhythm. They don't want our blues. And until right. we make noise and say, look, we're not going to attend these shows. We're going to mm -hmm. not do anything with these award shows at all. This will be the status quo. That's why, as much as I dislike Will Smith for other reasons, um, that's on my podcast, I, I, another time for that. I love the fact that him and Jazzy Jeff said, well, if we don't get our Grammy on TV, we're, we're not going to accept it. And that set the whole tone for hip-hop and, and the Grammys. Mm -hmm. I wish we do mm -hmm. that with the Emmys, with the Tonys, with the Oscars, but we don't do that enough. And hopefully that changes one day, my man. Yeah. Moving on. All right, and this affects you, my man. It appears for now that the NBA will remain on Zoom. With Teams Media Days coming soon, the word is only so many reporters will appear in person with the rest of uh, being on Zoom to watch and report. Is the NBA being too cautious and impacting the ability of reporters to do their jobs effectively? Ooh, good question. Um, yes. And the reason why I say that is because they pushed us to get vaccinated, which I understand because it's a safety issue. Absolutely, yeah. The vaccinations, you know, based upon science and medical history thus far, have shown that they've been relatively low as far as death rates and people having to succumb to their symptoms and being on ventilators. Right. However, 
they have not pushed their players to be vaccinated as much as we've seen in the NFL and other leagues. Mm -hmm. And to me, what is the point of us getting vaccinated if we can't do our jobs effectively? When you told us in order to do our jobs effectively, we must be vaccinated, which I complied and many of my colleagues have complied as well. Right. Now, if you want to talk about who's more impactful as far as affecting someone's ability, someone's health, the players that are not vaccinated are effect, are, are more of a threat to us than we are to them. Right. Let's keep it a buck. So to me, it's like, okay, you only going to let so many people in, but then the rest be on. Well, if you're going to let so many people in, then let everybody in that needs to be vaccinated and don't allow anybody in that is not fully vaccinated and wearing masks at the same time. That should be the rule. If, if you want, if people want to come and show up and do their jobs effectively and efficiently, and they're masked up, they're fully vaccinated, then let them come in. What is the point of having zoom when you're, you're allowing so many people to come in, then what's the point? You either, either everybody's on Zoom or everybody's in person. It should not be any in-between. And that's the problem I have. And that's and it's not it's the league. It's not the individual team because they have to adhere to the protocols and safety rules of the league. So I look at the NBA as a league as a whole. And it's like, look, man, you can bring a coach in. You can have us in a room, much like the WNBA does when they bring a coach in the room in the, in the chairs are six feet away and people are masked up and they have to be fully vaccinated to even enter that room. And you have a coach come in, you have two players that you pick to sit at the table and you ask your own questions. That way we get our own content. There's no original content getting stuff off of Zoom. And there's no guarantee that we're going to get our questions answered when we have our hands up on Zoom. Because I've been there. Mm-hmm. I covered the, the NBA Finals twice. The year the Lakers went against the Heat, now I got some questions answered because I covered the Lakers. But when the Suns and the Bucks came and we raised our hands, we were barely getting called on. Mm. So it impacts us to do our job the way we need to do our jobs, which is ridiculous to me. So this whole thing needs to be re-looked at and really be, maybe there needs to be a committee, I don't know. But this should not have to go on the remainder of the season we need if we're going to be there in person then you need to have us in a room i understand locker rooms are off limits which i said that the moment the pandemic hit right. we're never going back into locker rooms people have argued me down but so far i've been right because we have not been let into locker rooms again and i don't think that's ever going to happen again probably not um but if we can be in a room with a coach and two players fine I'm I'm totally on board with that. If we go to practice and be eight feet away and ask our questions at practices, cool. I'm on board with that. We can be masked up. We can be, you know, uh, fully vaccinated. Fine. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, not uh, do not uh, not allow us the opportunity to do our jobs effectively. And, and, and I'll say this, Nick: it shouldn't be some of them in person. And some of them on Zoom, all or nothing, because then you're creating like a cast system where it's the haves and the have-nots, and then you're going to pit reporters against other reporters saying, well, I've done this for 30 years, you've only done it for 22. It's going to cause a problem. You know, I've been doing this 21 years, and I can see right now it's going to be a huge problem. And you know that because you live it. And I will leave that at that. I'm not going (laughs) to go any further. I'll say it. I don't care.
<laughs> I will leave that alone. Yes, That's you. As far as I'm going to go, I understand. You. I won't get you in trouble, my man. <laughs> Thank you, Jake, for that lovely heaping helping of the moment's brunch. Appreciate it. Always, brother. Always. Now we talk often. We often talk about what goes on in society, right? As far as what's what's good, what's not good, right? And we talked about the Emmys. We obviously talked about the NBA. But I will tell you what's good. I love the thing that's good to me is the fact that I love fans coming back into the stands. And at first, I was not um, fully on board with it because I missed the fact of just arrive, arriving at the arena 30 minutes early, no traffic, parking in the parking lot, walking over, and we're good. But after a while, I kind of missed it. So over the weekend, it reminded me like, wow, we are really in a unique position for those of us like myself, like Jake and many of my other colleagues to actually get to do this for a living. We are incredibly fortunate. We're incredibly blessed to be doing what we do for a living. We don't have to pay for tickets. We don't have to pay for parking. We don't have to Nine times out of ten, especially at SoFi, you never have to pay for food because, good Lord, the spread they have at SoFi is amazing. Um, you can actually gain 30 pounds over the season if you eat all that great food at SoFi. Um, and Staples Center, too, um, before the pandemic, Staples Center had pretty good food, too. Um, but I just want to take a minute to just reflect, and let me say this to everybody that's listening, people that have known me for 11-plus years, know my journey, know what I go through, know what I'm dealing with, have gone or have dealt with, um, understand personally and professionally everything that I've gone through. And those people that have supported me, those people that forgot about me, want to, you know, play gatekeeper and push me off to the side of the road like yesterday's trash. And then those have lifted me up, decided to, you know, embrace my vision and help me with that. And those of you listening every week, I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you, first and foremost, um, because without you, there would be no me. Without you all listening, there would be no show. Without the opportunities that have been afforded to me, people paying attention, people you know following me on social media, on the various social media platforms and the shows that we've been able to create and put out there, there would be no shows without you all in the audience. So I just want to personally say thank you. I appreciate you. You could be listening to anybody in the world and you chose to listen to this, this program right here and other programs that we've created at Nightcast Media. So I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, we really sometimes, we oftentimes forget how fortunate we really are in this media. And I know everything is not perfect. And there's no such thing as perfection in this three-dimensional world. But everything doesn't always go our way like it should at times or we feel like it should at times. But sometimes it's okay to stop and get out the ocean and really watch how beautiful the water is when we're on the shore. And, you know, I realize that every day is not promised. Every opportunity is not guaranteed, but the, the opportunities that are afforded and the ones that are taken and, and utilized properly, I appreciate those things. I appreciate, you know, quite a bit of the PR staff that I've engaged and, and interacted with, the players that I've interacted with, the, the coaches, the teams, um, the red carpets that I've been on, Big Brother Jake being a part of this show, agreeing because he didn't have to. He could have said to hell with you. Uh, kick rocks. Get the hell out of my face. I'm a 25-year vet. 
Could have easily said that, but he didn't. So I appreciate you, man. Um, I appreciate everybody that decided to to be down with, with with the cause, man. You know, y'all out here in these streets, and y'all, you know, I try to be a, a man of the people. I try to, you know, get connected with some of the folks out here in these in these streets. And I appreciate y'all, man. I really do. You know, I want to make sure that y'all y'all know how much I appreciate y'all. And thank you for listening, everybody at Slam Radio, everybody at Sirius XM, everybody at the Believe Podcast Network. Which, by the way, make sure you check out a brand new episode of the NH Experience on Believe Network, which will be on all streaming platforms starting today, Tuesday. All right. And make sure y'all check out all the rest of my stuff. All right. So until then, I have no milk carton all-star for this week. Sorry about that, but I will have one for next week and the weeks to come. You can rest assured that. You can bet your, your bottom dollar on that one. Thank you so much for tuning in to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you download and subscribe to us on all the streaming platforms, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud for free 99. Thanks to my engineer extraordinaire, producer, Big Brother Jake, as well as all of you for listening. And thank you to everybody at Nightcast Media. Until next time, stay sharp, be careful. We are out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.